This is episode 384 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Freeze-Dried versus Dehydrated, What's the Difference? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Legacy Long-Term Food Storage. Hey, Legacy is having a 40% off sale for the month of August. Hey, you know, you hear me talk a lot about food storage. It's a very important uh, prep item for every single one of us. And I, I always mention on the podcast that you need to, you know, build up your pantry. You know, we start off with canned foods. That's the, the, the least expensive option that you have out there. And then I always tell you, you, you need to go ahead and uh, if you can do uh, long-term, your own you know, DIY long-term food storage, you know, get some Mylar bags in a plastic bucket with some oxygen absorbers and uh, you, you can stock up on rice and beans and, and pasta and all those types of things. But if you can't afford it, uh, I really do suggest having some long-term food storage, some dehydrated long-term food storage like Legacy. Legacy does taste really great, and uh, it is one that I recommend. I just to be you know straight up with you, I am an affiliate, and so any sales uh, I do get a little commission. But um, I got to be honest with you guys, I, I get a lot of uh, emails every single week asking me to be an affiliate of some kind of uh, item out there prep you know some some kind of item that could be preparedness related and I'm always getting hit up by food storage our long-term food storage companies and uh, I've tasted a lot of them uh, there are some good ones out there but one of the things that I like about legacy is you get more for your money it, they do taste really great and uh, you know it is a great deal. And so uh, I am going to link to it in the show notes if you'd like to uh, go check it out. You know, if you're in a situation when you when you needed to bug out and you or you needed to leave and for, you know for good, um, packing up your pantry is one thing. You know, and you might not be able to do that. You might not have the time, but being able to go to your closet and grab a couple of buckets, you know, that you have long term food buckets, um, that is, you know, something easy to do and something that you can do on your way out of the house, you know. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's an option if you can afford it. Uh, again, you know, do the canned goods. You need to make sure you do your own DIY long term food storage. But if you can afford it, I definitely believe that legacy or having some long-term food storage like Legacy Foods is uh, is something to do. And uh, you know, get one of the smaller smaller buckets and test it out for yourself and see how you like it. Um, and I think you'll agree that it's uh, one of the better ones out there, and uh, you get a lot more for your money. One of the other things I want to mention really quickly here before we jump into our article is uh, I try to bring you the best preparedness content that that I can. And uh, one of the things that I'm starting to do here this week is uh, sending out a survey. And uh, so I'm sending it out through email. Actually, actually, I'm kind of putting it up everywhere. I do want to let those of you that listen to the podcast have a chance to fill out this survey as well so that you can be part of letting me know what kind of content 
is the is the most relevant for you you know what kind of things are important to you right now in preparedness and so uh putting out this this survey which is about eight questions helps me to tailor the kind of content that i need to look for or or, or i need to put up on proper website and i need to share on the podcast and uh, you know on social media and things like that whether it's finding those topics out there things that articles that people have written or uh it's something that i need to write um, yeah, I want to be able to offer that to the preparedness community. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and link to the survey in the show notes and uh, you can go ahead and click on it. Like I said, it's only eight questions. Uh, it wouldn't take very long. Uh, but when you do, when you submit it, uh, you do go to a page where you can download uh, a free ebook. And the ebook is called Prep Tips That Pay Off Big. And uh, it's a couple of articles that I put together. And so I'd like to offer that to you just as a thank you for filling out this survey and, and, and helping me out to bring better content to the podcast and also the proper website and all the other uh, things that, that I'm involved with out there, preparedness related. I just want to get the, you know get what people need out there. I want to get it out there to you. And so uh, again, I'll uh, link to that in the show notes and uh, hope you'll take me up on that offer. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into our article. It comes to us from survivalsullivan.com and uh, the article is entitled Freeze-Dried versus Dehydrated. What's the difference? Stocking up on long-term storage food is one of the building blocks of any survival plan. It all begins with growing and raising your own groceries and ends with preservation. Sure, you could invest thousands of dollars into long-term food storage buckets and you should supplement your edible stockpile with them. But freeze-drying, dehydrating, canning, and smoking the food you cultivate yourself is a far more economical option. I doubt even newbie preppers fail to grasp the difference between canning, smoking, and dehydration methods of food preservation. But many preppers, newbies or not, are still a little foggy about the difference between freeze-dried and dehydrating crops and meat to preserve it. Freeze-dried food is preserved through a flash-frozen process. The food is then stored inside of either an airtight container or a vacuum pouch. The moisture in freeze-dried food dissipates far more rapidly during the preservation process than it does when being dehydrated. It is because of the rapid water removal that freeze-dried food does not wind up with a sort of deformed, shriveled look. Generally, freeze-dried food will rehydrate far quicker than dehydrated food. Freeze-dried food is still in its infancy when compared to dehydrating, smoking, and even canning. This food preservation method is believed to have first been used on a basic level during the times of the Inca Empire, but it was not until World War II when the United States military learned how to use freeze-drying to preserve medicine, plasma, and ultimately food for the troops. That's when it became a more commonplace method of food preservation. Even though a machine is generally required to freeze-dried food, the process is no more complicated than dehydration. The food being preserved is put on racks inside of the machine's vacuum chamber, then the temperature is quickly lowered to below 32 degrees and then slowly raised back up above freezing. Home freeze-drying ovens hit the marketplace several years ago and have come down in cost a little bit since then, but not much. Purchasing such a machine will still run you around $2,000 to $4,500 depending on capacity. Although there is a high upfront cost associated with this method, 
In the long run, it is typically far more economical an option than purchasing long-term food storage buckets, at least if you grow and raise a significant part of your own groceries. You can also freeze-dry food using a DIY oven, and perhaps even successfully, some claim, without a machine. So dehydration is the second method I want to discuss today, and it's different and cheaper than the freeze-drying we just talked about. Dehydration has been a popular and sound method of food preservation for centuries. The dehydration of fruits and vegetables date back to 12,000 BC when the Romans and people in the Middle East would use what were commonly referred to as still houses to slowly smoke food to remove the moisture from them. In fashion, that was similar but slightly different than the smoking methods used to preserve meat and fish. Okay, I got to say 12,000 BC, I don't believe the the Romans were around there. So that might be a typo there um, there on, on that one, uh, so 12,000 BC. So definitely, I mean, I'm not saying that dehydration wasn't used back, at, you know, in 12,000 BC, but um, definitely there weren't any Romans around uh, at that time. Okay, so moving forward there, uh, modern electric dehydrators still function using the same premise. When the food is placed inside and the machine is turned on, hot and dry air is circulated around over and beneath the food on its racks. The temperature setting on the machine go high enough to remove all of the moisture from the food, but not so high as to actually cook it. Moisture is removed from food slowly when using an electric dehydrator and at even more sloth-like pace when using a solar dehydrator. The patience required to dehydrate food aside, it is an economical and simple food preservation method. The dehydration method allows you to preserve foods that can be highly difficult or time-consuming to save otherwise. You cannot water bath or pressure can lettuce, but you can dehydrate it, for example. Eggs, milk, and other dairy products, including cheese, can also be successfully dehydrated in a standard residential machine that usually costs less than $100. So, seven differences between dehydrated and freeze-dried food. Number one is the composition. Freeze-dried food will weigh a lot less than dehydrated food. If you toss some freeze-dried fruit into your mouth, it would almost immediately become soft. Dehydrated fruit like banana chips will maintain their hard texture and wait until they become rehydrated or reconstituted. Because freeze-dried food is much lighter weight than dehydrated food, it's easier to pack when stored in the same type of container, though both are good food choices for your bug out bag. Number two is the appearance. This may be the most obvious difference between the two types of preserved long-term storage food. Dehydrated food will always have a squished appearance, but freeze-dried food will remain looking basically like a smaller version of its original self. The look of the food likely does not matter to the prepper who merely wants to stockpile as much easily portable food as quickly as and cheaply as possible. Many, if not most preppers who dehydrate food also powder much of it, again, changing the appearance of the food. Powdered eggs, cheese, milk, and butter can serve both storage and packing space. Number three is moisture. The primary purpose of both methods is to remove as much water from the food as possible to prevent the growth of mold and decay which makes the food unsafe to eat. Dehydrating food eliminates approximately 95% of its moisture content when preserved professionally or with top-notch equipment at home. 
Depending on the quality of the home dehydrator, the food being preserved could have up to 10% moisture content remaining compared to professionally dehydrated food. Foods that have been freeze-dried have had up to 99% of their moisture content removed. The lower the moisture content, the longer its shelf life. Number four is nutrition. It is the generally accepted belief that freeze-dried food still possesses the vast majority of the nutritional minerals and vitamins they had when fresh, with the possible exception of vitamin C that evaporates rather rapidly during the preservation process. The dehydration process is not known to alter either the iron or fiber content of the food being preserved, but can cause a decrease in its minerals and vitamins. Typically, a food's niacin, thiamine, riboflavin, and vitamins A and C are most negatively affected by dehydrating. Number five is cooking. Freeze-dried typically only needs to be soaked in cold water to make it ready to eat in under five minutes. Professionally dehydrated food is often recommended to soak in hot water for a minimum of 15 minutes. Home dehydrated food, in my personal experience, can be rehydrated in lukewarm or even cold water in 5 minutes, with the exception of meat, which takes longer. Number 6 is expense. The overall cost difference between freeze-dried and dehydrated food has too many variables to calculate. First, it depends on type, then amount, energy cost to run a machine, and whether or not the food is being preserved professionally or at home. When purchasing commercially preserved dehydrated or freeze-dried food, the dehydrated version is almost always cheaper. Number seven is shelf life. The type of food being preserved and the chosen method both have an impact on shelf life. You can reasonably expect dehydrated powders, fruits, and vegetables to remain safe to eat for around 15 to 20 years if they were both preserved properly by professionals using a quality machine and stored recommended according to the packaging on many varieties of dehydrated long-term storage food pouches. Some types of dehydrated food like oats, sugar, hard wheat, salt, honey, and sugar are advertised to last up to three decades under the same set of circumstances. Professionally freeze-dried food is typically advertised to have a 25 to 30 year overall shelf life when stored at between 33 degrees Fahrenheit and 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So home freeze-dried versus dehydrated food shelf life comparison. Each method of home food preservation results in an extensively long shelf life for the stockpiled food, providing that it's both preserved and stored properly. Generally, both freeze-dried food and dehydrated food will keep as long as water bath, pressure canned, and smoked food likely longer. Freeze-dried food that has been stored in a mylar pouch has been known to remain safely edible for at least 10 years when processed by a residential machine. Dehydrated food that has been stored in an airtight container and preferably in a vacuum-sealed mason jar or vacuum-sealed bag has been estimated to remain safely edible for about the same amount of time, but likely a little longer when processed in a typical home-use grade machine. Once a pouch or bag or jar of food using either preservation method has been opened, the contents inside will begin to lose its longevity. There is much debate about how long the food can keep once it has again been exposed to air and the moisture in it. 
many folks believe, either based on science or their personal experience, that freeze-dried foods must be used within only a few days after being opened. Dehydrated food is believed to be able to be opened, a few scoops taken out, and then resealed again and retain at least a decent portion of its longevity, as long as the remaining food has not gotten wet. Basically, the results may vary when it comes to the shelf life of open food. This is why it's always good to store in small portions just to be on the safe side. Now, in my personal experience, I have opened and scooped a few tablespoons or so of powdered eggs for camping breakfast cooking, put the mason jar lid back on the jar that is no longer vacuum sealed because we primitive camp, and then safely use the remaining contents over the course of a year. I am not a food safety professional or making any formal recommendations or claim as to the edible nature of open dehydrated food. I am merely sharing a personal experience that did not cause any side effects. So which tastes better? Flavor will be way down on your priority list when you have to break into your long-term survival food stockpile. Yet, the taste difference between freeze-dried and dehydrated food is still worth considering when engaging in an overall pros and cons list between the two preservation methods. The answer? It depends. Personal preference and the overall finicky nature of the individual munching down on the long-term storage food will be the deciding factor of any taste test. In general, the original taste of the food is often considered to still be held inside. This likely occurs because it was only exposed to a fraction of the heat that its dehydrated counterpart was, and this maintains the bulk of its typical texture. We both dehydrate and freeze-dry the groceries we grow, raise, and occasionally purchase on sale. In my opinion, I cannot taste any real difference when the food being consumed using either method is a fruit or a vegetable after preservation. When preserving meat, fish, or a whole meal, I would have to say I prefer the taste and longevity of both freeze-drying and smoking to dehydrating. That being said, my dehydrating beef jerky recipe rocks. I have also found that I prefer dehydrated dairy over freeze-dried. But really, you just can't beat the freeze-dried ice cream bits. What a fabulous morale booster they will be during a long-term SHTF event. Ice cream is the only dairy product that I have not been able to dehydrate. Even my finicky daughter cannot tell the difference between fresh sour cream and cottage cheese and the reconstituted version from my home dehydrator. So food preservation machine pros and cons. We now have two dehydrating machines. A middle of the road one I bought to see if I like preserving food by that method and to determine how well it worked. Once I nearly wore it out from happy use, we bought a $110 model on sale for $69 in the middle of the winter when no one was thinking about putting up their garden. During the summer and early fall, I now keep both humming on my kitchen counter to preserve food as quickly as possible once it has been picked. The only downside to using the lower end machine is its noisy fan. It dries food as quickly and thoroughly as the more expensive but nearly silent model. Both are Nesco brand. I borrowed a friend's Excalibur machine before upgrading from our first machine and found no quality difference between either machine, just the shape and price difference. Dehydrators come in both round and square versions, with the square one being more handy for meat in my opinion. Buying tray liners and screen accessories, even if your chosen machine comes with a few, 
will come in a lot more handy than you might think when preserving your heirloom seeds from one season to the next. Even if the machine comes with a ton of trays or the box states you can add a ton of trays. I have found using more than four or five depending upon the machine only serves to increase drying time and use more electricity. A freeze drying machine is a big expense for most of us middle class preppers but it is definitely one worth saving up for if you are going to include freeze dried food in your preps. When you compare the cost of a small machine with how much money it would take to buy commercial freeze dried food it's a no brainer for anyone who is growing or raising food already. A small 16 and a half inch by 25 inch harvest right freeze dryer costs just under $2,000. According to the manufacturer, the food preserved in the machine will last for 25 years. The freeze dryer is capable of preserving 4 to 7 pounds per batch. It runs on a standard 110 volt outlet and should function well on generator power as well depending upon capacity. I see no reason to limit yourself to only one type of food preservation. Hedge your bets, you don't stockpile only one type of weapon, right? I will not stop water bath and pressure canning some of our harvest, but now that I am preserving a significant portion of our bounty using this machine, there sure is a lot less work to do each September. Alright guys, a very interesting article for you today because uh, we talk about long-term food storage and there are a lot of different methods that you can learn and definitely methods that you can apply right now. And uh, I love the idea that, you know, for a, a little bit of money, like she was talking about here, that you could buy uh, uh, a dehydrator and you can start seeing if you like it. And sh she was talking about the the more middle of the road one she got for $69. So the basic model that she got starting out must have been a lot cheaper. Um, that wasn't the case when I when I purchased mine. Um, and I'll say the Nesco, there were some issues. I guess maybe I never got the hang of that one. Um, that there were some issues where I felt like um, it, it wasn't dehydrating all the way. And it could have been that I had too many trays. It could have been that I wasn't patient enough. Uh, that is one thing you do need to be patient about. I do remember the fan being really, really loud. Now, I, I did give this one away. Uh, but uh, very, very interesting and something a lot of people can do. I mean, because it really you set it up and then you let it go. Now, if you're not, um, you know, she, she was talking about here on the freeze drying. Like if you go purchase a freeze dry machine, um, you know, it would be worth it if you are gardening, you know, you're gardening, you're, you're producing your own fruits and vegetables and things like that. But let's say you're not, and so it might not pay off to go ahead and get a freeze-dried machine, but you could get one of the lower-level dehydrators. And one of the things you could do is when you find a sale on fruits and vegetables in the grocery store, then you just stock up on that, right? You stock up on that, you bring that home, and then you go ahead and start dehydrating. And that's a way that you can build up your uh, your pantry or, you know, of, or your stockpile of fruits and vegetables and, you know, dehydrating them and, and taking care of it that way. You know, you look for the cells and then you just start dehydrating. And uh, so if you have one of these, even the lower models is very capable of, uh, of getting it done. So uh, definitely another great article to uh, discuss food storage 
Hey, uh, there are a lot of links in this article. And so like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can uh, jump over there and maybe click on some of these uh, and uh, look into this just a little bit more as a, a way to build your food storage. You know, if you're building uh, your food storage with, with canned foods that you're buying at the grocery store and, and maybe you are doing uh, your own DIY uh, long-term food storage with mylar bags and, and uh, you know oxygen absorbers. This might be another tool in your arsenal to uh, you know to to take care of uh, your long-term food storage and add to it. So uh, again, guys, it's over at Survival Sullivan. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 384. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to the Prepper website podcast.com. That way, you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And don't forget, I'm going to be linking to that survey in the show notes as well today. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.